Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. Thank you for joining us this morning for Real Presence Live. It's a beautiful morning. We had a very hot day here in Sioux Falls yesterday, followed by a big rainstorm. Yeah. Well, and what was the text you sent out last night? You remember it? (laughs) It's like for anyone considering moving to Sioux Falls, it was 104 degrees today, and in five months it'll be 140 degrees colder than that. Than it was today. That's right. So, I mean, that's... Well, in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, we like to be dramatic. Maybe. We're dramatic people, I guess. But you don't think of it till you put it into the numbers like that. Yeah. You know, it did get to like minus 52. So did you call your U-Haul and you're no. moving back south? <laughs> no, I texted all my friends and family. And they're like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> not, well, good morning. <laughs> We're broadcasting this morning from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls. And let's before we go too far, uh, let's get started with our morning prayer. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, help me to live this day quietly, easily. To lean on your great strength, trustfully, restfully. To wait for the unfolding of your will, patiently, serenely. To meet others peacefully, joyfully. To face tomorrow confidently and courageously. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say face today. Today. We're just starting today confidently and courageously. Well, the whole comment about... Patience and what was that? Patiently and waiting on your will. Yeah, you know that the hardest. That's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. So this morning we have uh, Joe Rutten is going to be calling in at some point. And for those of you who've ever met Joe Rutten, know he is a busy man who goes Mach 10 with his hair on fire, the little he has left. And so he's like, yeah, I will call you when I'm done with my point. I'm like, okay, well, there we go. We're just going to wait on Joe Rutten. But he's going to be talking about the Faith and Business Conference that will be coming up here in just mm. a few weeks That's in right Sioux Falls. A lot of people travel to come to this conference from all over um, just to learn how to take Sunday into Monday. So Joe Rutten's going to be on. And then later on in the show, if you've ever listened to our Tuesday night rosaries, um, Paul Heiberger is one of the voices you hear on that rosary, and he's going to be in talking about Jericho Wall and how they are changing after Roe v. Wade. Mm. And then Avery Starr, who is one of our young adults here in the Sioux Falls area, is going to share what he's up to. So we got a good show planned today. Sounds like today. a great show. So for the beginning, they get you and I. Again, great show. So, you know, we can talk about anything. We can. Well, and we actually talked about what we were going to chat about. Mm-hmm. And over and over since the Sunday Mass, we have been coming up with more and more blurbs, 
podcasts, different things that are talking about this last Sunday's readings. And um, for those that forget, this last Sunday's readings were to seek God above all else, um, think about what is in heaven, not what is on earth. Um, The gospel from Luke was talking about um, a man storing away all of his goods and grains, building more barns, or I don't think they call it a barn, but... Granaries. Yeah. And the Lord is saying, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Well, and I think it's... And, and of course, I'm not a theologian, nor am I a, you know, a biblical text scholar, but it, it's... <clears throat> I don't think it's a matter of do we store our grain. It's hoarding it and not taking care of those in need. Mm. It's 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 you know I mean it's just good stewardship to store your grain and make sure you have it a place that's covered and and it's protected. But the point is is if you hoard it and you never give it any out to the people who need it and they're dying all around you or in need all around you, then that's a problem. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting that you and I decided to talk about this very subject of uh, earthly treasures. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that Joe Rutten talks about often is earthly treasures and how we can use it for good. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to get him on you know, while we're bantering about this subject, to get his take well, on it, it. To me, it goes back to the whole parable of the talents. I mean, if you, you know, in the same way that this person hoarded their grain, and he was admonished by the Lord for that, the master admonished the one who buried his talents and didn't mm-hmm. use those talents that he were given. It's the same concept. You know, if you use your talents to serve <laughs> the Lord, and then you multiply those talents kind of that point of light maybe you're not the brightest light but if you've got your light shining and you make a, uh, an opportunity for other people to grow and develop and grow their own light then mm. together you grow and you put out more light it's the same the same concept that right. you know you we all have talents and we all need to use them for the betterment of his glory on earth yeah well, and the thing that you and I have been talking about for quite a while, not just because of this last Sunday's readings, but just um, trying to be better humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> is we've talked a lot about um, uh, different goals we may have put in our own lives mm-hmm. and different what we think success looks like, reevaluating that, mm-hmm. rethinking the whole concept of that, because we do fall into what society thinks we should do be mm-hmm. and all of that stuff so we've actually been talking about that for i would say a couple of years well yeah <laughs> it's been on my mind for a long time yeah so for you can we use you as our guinea pig sure okay so for you um can you talk a little bit about as a young man what did you think your goals in life should be Hmm. Well, you know, my my parents were first generation college graduates, and so they were also public school teachers. My mm-hmm. dad taught high school agriculture. My mother taught elementary school, and um, there was never 
there was never a question whether or not I was going to go to college. I just assumed I was always going to go to college. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. I mean, I did consider the military at some point and that kind of thing. But I always knew that there was higher education in my future. But there's so many, and I can't imagine having the Internet. And I graduated high school in 1988, and so it was like about six years before the Internet come out. And I experienced a little You're bit. You're older of, than Google. Yes, thank you. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> Me too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, back in the day it was Ask Jeeves. You know, it wasn't Google. <laughs> Everybody thought mm-hmm. Yahoo Mail was really cool. You know, I, I still, still have Yahoo Mail. <laughs> I still have an AOL email address <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but, uh, yeah, back then the Internet came in the mail. So, <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's funny. The internet came in the mail. <laughs> that's right. So accurate. Okay. But, you know, I, but there was always this societal, you've got to go succeed. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you know, I, I went, I was in, uh, I, maybe the people in rural areas might understand what the Future Farmers of America is, FFA, or the National FFA mm-hmm. organization We now. may be familiar around here. Well, a lot of kids, you know, I mean, like your producer, Mark, he's from Fargo, downtown Fargo, maybe, so I don't know, you know, yeah. maybe goes to, in the inner city type of thing in a metro area, so you might not get out to the to the outskirts of town but you know they you can change the world you you know leadership and all of this other stuff oh. i'm an eagle scout you know you go out you mean you know eagle scout is something that you attain before your 18th birthday so there's a lot of structure on leading young yourself and, and others mm-hmm. and you know and scouting is a boy-led university uh, organization where um you know all of the boys take leadership roles sure and and so you just I don't know you just assume you're going to go out and change the world and then you <clears throat> is that a bad way to think? Well, it, it's not, but I, I don't think I was ever given a context. I mean, I graduated <laughs> graduated college. I didn't know what I really wanted to do, and so I got a degree in ag business and economics, and I went to work for a, a multi international corporation, you know, or whatever, and in a food production facility running chicken down a line and i'm like this is not what i went to college this is for. not changing the this world is, i'm not i'm changing the world three chicken nuggets at a time <laughs> you know i mean it's not it's not exciting work hair nets beard nets shoe covers you know and that kind of thing but uh, right making hot wings and barbecue wings i mean so you, you, know, you graduated college and you ended up in your first job and you're <clears throat> Like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. No, well, I need and, to be more successful. Well, maybe because I didn't think that was a success. I'm like, I don't know. I'm working <laughs> seventy hours a week. You know, I, people ask me what you major in, and I said, well, you know, when I started college, I majored in two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I'm like, well, what happened when you graduate? Well, it's about eight dollars an hour. So you know, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of one of those things, and so I kind of did some soul searching, and I remember in high school that I always thought it would be. I, I was gravitating toward like landscape architecture, landscape design, and so I left Tyson Foods and went to graduate school at LSU for a year and to be a landscape architect. And I was going to get a PhD in horticulture and teach college and landscape design. Mm-hmm. You know, and <clears throat> unfortunately, I got married and had to. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm happily divorced. And, and you know, and but the situation was like you need to choose your marriage or graduate school, and unfortunately, I chose marriage, and it wound up being a divorce. 
you know, it was a bad situation. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it was one of those things. We didn't have God in our life. We didn't have, we weren't putting him first. Um, and we made decisions based on whatever. I mean, I grew up in the church, but she didn't. And in so the it was Baptist just a, church. Y- yes, I grew up. Yeah, not the big C church, but I guess it was, you know, (laughs) little C C church, but, you know, uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, I I realize now that there were a lot of decisions that have led me to where I'm at that were based on me doing what I thought at the time was right rather than really seeking God's plan for my life at the time. I thought I was doing that. Right. So you... Um, got married, uh, was working, and then you decided at some point to go get your master's degree. Well, after I went, you know, I chose to work on my marriage instead of graduate school, I went back to Tyson, and I thought, you know, I can't believe I'm doing this, and I wound up being there another six and a half, seven years, Mm -hmm. and then I got into, toward the end, I got into safety management and then corporate training and development. And I just, I love both of those. And so my master's degree was in organizational communication, which went real close to what I was doing as a corporate trainer, leadership and management development training. And then my divorce happened, and I'm like, you know, I wanted to get a Ph.D. I'm just going to go do that. And so I combined my ag degree and my communication degree and got a doctorate degree in ag- agricultural communications. So after you got your doctorate <clears throat> degree, were you a success? Well, I, you know, I mean, I felt like I was. I'm like, hey, I've achieved this goal. I mean, all it's all been in my life is like, what what goal is next? Yeah. I accomplish a goal and then what? You right. know, and so I accomplished that goal of getting a doctorate degree and securing a assistant professor job at a research one university and then I started to have to do research and I love the teaching and uh, academic advising, but the research is like, oh man, I did a little of this in grad school, obviously I had to, you know. Yeah. But now I've got to really do it. And it was just yeah. kind of boring and it just didn't I don't know. So, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live, and I am Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we're your host today, and we're just bantering kind of about last Sunday's uh, gospel readings, mm-hmm. and all the readings really actually pertain to earthly treasures and um, seeking God. And so we're kind of talking about Marcus's journey to quote-unquote success. If he's gotten there yet, we don't know yet. So, folks, stay tuned. We're going to be chatting with Marcus more after this break. More on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. 
Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Marcus Hashlock. We're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live, broadcasting out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We've just been bantering about this last Sunday's readings and treasury, treasure... Earthly, Earthly treasures. treasures. Earthly. Well, and I think one of the things that jumped out at us was Bishop DeGrude's homily on Sunday. We listened to that on Instagram, the SF Diocese Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about the, the things that get in the way of our following God in our life yeah. every day, what like are, your prayer, you know. What are our idols? What are our idols? That's right. Yeah. Well, and you were kind of sharing a little bit about your success story, and it was funny because, like I said, we're going to hear if uh, Marcus's success story, and he looks at me like, I have one? (laughs) People really want to hear this? Yeah. But that's just it, is that you spent a lot of your life, we left off, you had gotten your PhD, you were working at a university, you were doing all the things in your mind that were things that were... um, Noteworthy, I guess, if that well, makes sense. Well, and, and you bring up a really good point, because when I started talking to you about some of the milestones as an assistant professor, you know, that I'm supposed to do every year, go to these research conferences and present research, and then if you get, you know, I got accolades on best research presentation for this category and blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, these are things that that are milestones that show you are on track and you're doing those things. And you like, you said, wow, that's just weird. I'm some wine. She goes, well, I couldn't care anything less about that because the general public who cares about that kind yeah. of thing. But those were, those were the goals in your the life, goals in the life, you know, to yeah. get tenure, you know, I passed my mid tenure review and, you know, I'm on the roll to get tenure and that. Kind yeah. Of thing. Well, <clears throat> Joe Rutten has joined us now. Good morning, Joe. How we doing, everybody? Good. How are doing you, Joe? Well. well, fantastic. Just uh, 
Hanging out, enjoying a beautiful steamy day here in South Dakota. <laughs> I know we got lots of water to make sure it was nice and steamy today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, Joe. Well, Joe Rutten, I'm a uh, the director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute and a professor of theology at Mount Marty University and. Uh, Yankton, South Dakota. I also am the executive director of a Catholic men's business fraternity, and I host an annual faith and business conference for men and women interested in faith principles and business practices. So you're saying you don't have much going on, right? Right. I I forgot. I suppose I should include my wife and my three boys. (laughs) 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 Almost. Leave it to me, right? Right. Almost Uh, to be four. Right. Yeah. So actually, that's just what I'm doing. I just left the doctor, and uh, we found out what the fourth one is. But I should I do it? Should I reveal? I don't know. On real presence radio, could oh. I be that lucky? Oh, what would Mary Beth? My wife. My wife would not. I was going to say, what would she say? <laughs> what would Laura uh, say? We better, we, we, better leave, we better let the family in the loop before I go live. Mm. <laughs> I would be killed. Laura Beth would kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on, Joe. So we wanted to talk, we've been talking, Marcus and I have been bantering about the readings from this last Sunday. Um earthly treasures and hiding it away and all of that good stuff. So it ties in so perfectly with the Faith and Business Conference. So tell us first a little bit about the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity, because that's kind of where all of this began. Right. So I've got two brothers that are priests and two brothers that are cowboys, bull riding cowboys. And I'm kind of in the middle. And I just, uh, I was in seminary and going to be a priest. And when I left, I thought, you know, they're, the church could use somebody in the middle helping bridge the gap between uh, those that are really dialed into their faith and those that, you know, they, they find meaning and purpose in, in life and in their faith. But, you know, they sit in the pew on Sunday, they're faithful, but, you know, the, the, if in, in a sense the relationship with Jesus Christ doesn't drive their day-to-day mm-hmm. activities. I thought we need a bridge in there, you know, kind of Pier Giorgio Frassati said he wanted to He got an engineering degree because he wanted to go into the mines where the priests couldn't go. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to go into the workspaces. I want to go into the businesses. I want to go into the offices, in a sense, where the priests don't go, Hmm. and see if we can't minister to men specifically who oftentimes find a, a greater value in their work. Even like me introducing myself, right? I totally forget my wife and my kids, right? Like, yeah. What am I thinking? You know, I'm just focused on my work. Well, that's kind of, in a sense, how guys operate oftentimes. And I thought, what if we can develop a fraternity of fellas where the principal operation isn't necessarily like the Jeff Caven Bible study or, or you know, a, a, day, a rosary? Or what if we put work at the center of it and we use work as the door by which we bring a whole new demographic of guys into a deeper relationship with their Catholic faith. And so, 10 years ago, we started this Catholic Men's Business Fraternity. We got almost 100 members here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it's, uh, it's just a great, great monthly gathering of fellas where we talk about how we can do work better and how we can make sure that we're prioritizing the values of our life rightly, just like the readings, right? Like, all right, well, 
you know, it's there, the earthen, the earthen treasures, and, you know, what am I storing up? Well, once a month, you know, 50 guys get together, and they talk about that in relationship, though, to work and business. And out of that, man, the guys were like, holy smokes, everybody needs this. And so we started an annual faith and business conference out of this group to provide a place in the region where we can have a platform to discuss faith principles and business practices and how work makes us better and faith makes work more. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and talk a little bit, Joe, about, because at the beginning we were talking about um, not all wealth is bad. Can you talk into that a little bit? Because we were talking about right. that a little. Can you right. talk about that a little bit just as we're going about this? You know, this? This, is, this, is, this is kind of fun, right? Because it's, it's not often that we look at business and the business leader as noble. You know, we know that doctors and nurses, healthcare workers, they, they have a noble vocation of caring for people educators, teachers, you know, they're, they're educating uh, the minds and the hearts of the next generation of, of leaders. And so we have these noble vocations, but nobody ever stops and says, hey, the business leader, what a noble person they are. Mm. And so what I like to do is stop and say, wait a minute, a business leader is taking gifts they were given by God, and they're putting them at service to community, to create something that helps communities flourish. And when you do this, you create an exchange, and in that exchange, both parties, if done rightly, are better off because of it. Mm-hmm. One, Let's say a toothbrush, right? Whoever invented the toothbrush, right? One person gets the toothbrush, the other person gets compensation for thinking, creating, making the toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Well, that's called the market economy. And in that economy, both people are better off. One financially benefits while the other benefits from the use of the good or service that they provided. And so in and of itself, all business is is an, inner, is an exchange of goods and services that were, was done because God gave that person gifts that they put at service to others. And so I always like to say, wait a minute, business people are noble. They're creating things that, like, you know, I drove to work in a car today. Well, somebody Mm. made that car, and we're talking on a phone today, and somebody created a radio Mm system. So what the question then becomes is, what happens with the wealth that's created from the exchange? First, that wealth in and of itself is good and is a fruit of the creative work of the human person. So first, wealth is not bad in and of itself. It is good. Then the second question comes, when I get wealth, did I get it rightly? Did I get it justly? Or did I swindle somebody? Or did I hoodwink them? Or did I rob them? Or how did I get my wealth? And then the third thing is, what do I do with the wealth once I have it? And this is where the Christian principle of stewardship comes in. That the wealth, in a sense, isn't mine to possess and hoard, but it is given to me as a gift entrusted that I then can turn and put at service to help communities. And so this is why we see whenever the church wants to build something, who do they go to in order to get the finances to build it? 
They go to the business leader. Why? Because the business leader is the one that's created the wealth and has it. And then that allows the business leader to put their wealth at stewardship to a common good, to a good cause. And so we have all of these nonprofits, all of these churches, all of these ministries that operate primarily because business leaders created wealth that they then put at stewardship to help others. I love it. I hope that was what you were looking for. Exactly what I was looking Mm. for. Exactly. (laughs) Well, in the one thing I was thinking of, I mean, we also have to take care of the people that do the work at the bottom of the pyramid for that business owner. Because they are also in our stewardship that we take care of those people while they're there, you know, as a leader, as a... 100%. Of those people. Yeah. Well, folks... This is interesting, right? Because... Even the gift of the Prince Catholic principle of solidarity, right? Mm-hmm. Solidarity says that we're a family. Oh, all right. Well, then at work you have a family, right? You don't mm-hmm. say solidarity or call it a family. You call it a team. Oh, all right. Well, how does that team operate and work together in human community so that they can flourish? And a part of that flourishing and a part of solidarity at work is compensation for employees. Mm-hmm. How do we, and I think HR I think HR could have a whole principled Catholic social teaching in service mm. on Absolutely. how to do HR in relationship to treating employees with dignity, with respect, with compensation. And that, that happens through compensation, through sick leave. Even politically, you could look at all of the, like, I would be a big proponent politically of helping ladies and, and mothers and families and, and ch- who are having babies. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I believe that's a part of work's opportunity, business's opportunity <clears throat> to support and encourage and nurture family life, even at work. Right. Well, Joe, we have to take a quick break, but we're going to keep you through the break if that's all right. Outstanding. Look forward to it. All right. More Real Presence Live coming up right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. It's no secret that parents and students alike love the University of Mary, the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. The Mary community provides students with a home away from home, 
one that is grounded in the rich vibrancy of the church. With nearly 60 degree programs, 18 NCAA Division II athletic teams, and a thriving university ministry program, there's something for everyone. Find your place at Mary. Visit cometomary.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we're your hosts today for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We've been having a great conversation with Joe Rutten, the man of many things, but we're talking mainly about the Catholic men's business fraternity and just business in general. And I wanted to give the folks a sampling of Joe Rutten because all of that, all the things we were talking about before break is those are the kind of things we're going to be talking about or they're going to be talking about at the Faith and Business Conference. So I wanted to give them a little sample, Joe. Of the kind of things that the Faith and Business Conference will be providing to those that attend. And it's not necessarily just Catholic either, is it? No, uh, no, men, women, Catholic, Christians, uh, you know, I'm sure even Muslims, it's, it, anybody would find benefit from this conference. Basically, the, the, the thought concept behind the conference is um, faith principles in business practices. Can we create a place where we can dialogue and discuss and, and share about that? And when we say faith principles, well, what do we mean? Basically, what we mean is Catholic social teaching, that body of church teaching about how to live well together in community, things like dignity of persons and common good that we all, well, we have church language, dignity and common good. And then in business, like the common good, they call it purpose. Do I have purpose at work? Like, mm. what's the purpose of what I'm doing? And so we just try and bridge that gap between the faith, between the church, and between the office, uh, you know, and take Sunday into Monday. And so this year's our, our conference is just a great lineup. And the theme really is going to focus on integrating faith in a values-driven workplace. Mm. What does it mean to have a, a values-driven workplace, and how does faith, fit into that conversation about values at work. So tell us about some of the speakers, because you have a returning speaker, and I'm so excited to hear him again. Tell us about some of the speakers that are coming. Right. The one and only Dr. Michael Naughton uh, will kick the conference off for us. Well, first, Bishop DeGrude, the local ordinary here, will, will join us for a few words and open the conference in prayer. Uh, and then Michael Naughton, and Michael's a, a professor and chair of Catholic Studies at St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, and he has a great book called Leisure, the Base... No, no, what's it called? Uh, anyway, I forget the... <laughs> Here I am, live. I forget the name of his book. It's, it's an amazing book, everybody. Go get it. Uh, uh, he's going to talk about the vision for values at work, and he's going to kind of provide the overview about how do we get work right in relationship to kind of a philosophical vision, a perspective. And so he really deals with, like, the obstacles to working well. And he does a lot of work with the Vatican, does a lot of work with the Catholic business schools globally. He's just a real expert, but he's a common language person. He speaks in a way where everybody understands. And so Dr. Naughton is going to kick it off with a vision for values at work. 
Then we'll have Rory Kelly. Rory's a local business owner here in Sioux Falls, but he owns Verizon Wireless stores uh, across the, the Midwest. And he's just going to give a testimony about a practitioner's perspective on integrating values in the office. What does this What does this look like? How does it feel? What does it sound like? Uh, what are the challenges from his perspective? A short testimony on, hey, I'm a business leader, and mm-hmm. this is where I found values valuable. Uh, and then the last, the third speaker, the, the, the real highlight keynote, uh, <coughs> Dina Dwyer Owens. Now, you have to have Discovery Plus, but if you have Discovery Plus, you can go watch an episode of Undercover Boss that Dina was on. And it was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. She's the most amazing human being. Uh, She probably wouldn't say that, but you watch this hour episode of Undercover Boss where the CEO of the company goes secretly undercover and they see how the company's operating. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it is amazing. Well, what people don't know is behind that amazing woman is this deeply, deeply Catholic Christian, faithful, committed to Christ. Uh, lady that is a top-level executive. Her father started the Dwyer Group, which is the franchisee. It's the owner of all these home services franchisees. So they own the franchisees of Mr. Reuter. So if you got a problem in your plumbing, you call oh, yeah. Mr. Reuter. Well, whoever the local owner is of that franchisee, he's buying or she's buying that franchisee service from the Dwyer Group, from Dina. Hmm. Uh, AirServe, air conditioning, plumbing, heating, all of these home services industries. Well, a few years ago, she sold the company, and now she's kind of just out there on the circuit a little bit. Uh, uh, and she has a book on Values Incorporated, and she's going to come share with us about how to incorporate values into the workplace. It's going to be very hands-on. She's dynamic. I'm telling you, I heard her out in D.C., and I thought, i got to get this lady to Sioux Falls. So (laughs) she's going to come be our keynote, and then we'll finish with all three on a panel. They'll all jump on a panel and take questions from the audience to conclude the conference. Nice. So tell us details, Joe, on when the conference is. Can people still get tickets? Yes, absolutely. They can get tickets. And if you just Google search Faith and Business Conference, it'll pop up. And the tickets are only $50. It's a half day. We start at 11 o'clock, and we go till about 5. It is at the Sioux Falls Convention Center, and it is on Thursday, August 18th. So almost just two weeks away from tomorrow. Uh, absolutely, you're not going to want to miss it. And don't just come yourself. Bring a colleague. Bring your, bring your, your, your owner. Maybe you're the owner, and you want to bring your team at work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be dynamic, and it's going to be a great opportunity for you to think about, hey, what's the culture of my office look like, and how can I make it better? Absolutely. Yeah, and I've gone every year, and we just absolutely love it, and you always take home so many nuggets. So it's a great event. No, isn't I... it great, Heaven? I mean, like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, wow, is it just me or what? You know, like, <laughs> it really is a one. <laughs> it is a one of a kind event. There just is not many events like this mm-hmm. uh, that really target the practitioner and say, hey, how can we do work better from a faith perspective? Um, it's one of a kind in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. So Faith and Business Conference, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, August 18th. I love that it's on a Thursday. I love that it starts at 11. And I love that it's done early. I mean, these are all the things us business people want. 
Right. <laughs> right. Hundred percent. So, any last thoughts, Joe, before we let you go for the listeners? No, I'm just excited out there for those that are listening. Uh, we'll have folks come down from Fargo. We'll have folks. I got a, a couple coming up from Kansas. It's really a regional event. So it is. The demographic is large here. So wherever you are, come on down to Sioux Falls. Dina Dwyer Owens. She does a lot of work with Matthew Kelly and some of those folks. And uh, we can't wait to have everybody join us here in two weeks, Sioux Falls, August 18th for the Faith and Business Conference. Awesome. Joe Rutten, always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking time with us today. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. Thank thank you. you. Peace and God bless. God Mm -hmm. bless. All right, folks. So if you wanted to check out more on the Faith and Business Conference, just Google Faith and Business Sioux Falls, and Mm -hmm. it'll pop up, and you can buy your tickets online. We go every year. Um, RPR staff has gone. Um, People have driven in from Fargo, Bismarck, Rochester, because we just find it valuable Mm -hmm. for RPR even. So... Well, I, I think he brought up a, a great point: is that you those bringing that, those values into the workplace. I mean, most corporations have here are values, but they it's they're just words on a wall. I mean, when you live those values every yeah, day and whatever you're top. doing, that's right. The other thing I will say about the Faith and Business Conference: it is open to all people of all faiths, men, women, and all different levels of work. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times people are like, well, I'm not a boss. I'm not a manager. I'm not at the top. I can't, you know, you will get a lot out of it. Oh, absolutely. No matter what you do for work. Right. So it just makes better humans. Well, and leadership has to happen at all levels. I know. You know, and that's the, no fun. Well, it is. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, um, just because you're a CEO or you're the owner of a company doesn't, I mean, you don't. You don't get labeled a leader just because of that. Your people determine whether you have leadership. You have authority, absolutely. Oh. You know, and but so leadership is granted by the people below you. It's not something that, oh, I'm a leader. You know, it's like, you know, people you saying. You can't demand it. No, you can't demand it. You have to earn it. It's a, it's a title given to, the, given to you by those in your trust. That's wow. that's what leadership is about. You know, just because you're the CEO doesn't automatically make you a leader. It makes you a manager with authority. But your people determine whether you have leadership. My mind has just exploded a little bit. Oh, you've heard that before. That's really quite. So then how do you So you used to do training and development. Mm-hmm. Management training. Yeah, for Tyson Foods, it's a Fortune 75 company. We've trained thousands of managers every year. You know, all the way from your brand new, new promoted supervisors of a production line all the way up to the C-suite, the executives. So how do you, how do you know if you're a leader or a manager or just an authority figure? Well, you have to first be strong enough to ask that question. Ooh. And if you are strong enough to ask the question, then you're probably on the right path. If you stop and you think... Am I a leader? Do my people think I'm a leader? I would hope that my people think I'm a leader. I know I know my first foray into management right out of college. I, my people, when I got moved to day shift, I was on night shift. Night shift people were probably glad to see me go. But when I left the company that year to go to grad school, like I was talking about, mm-hmm. my day shift people, they hated to see me leave. So I made this... You there was a there changes. was a transition. You know, I didn't know how bad I was making mistakes. 
until I got to day shift and I started thinking about, okay, what can I do better? I've got a whole new group of people. What can I do better than I did last year when I started? And so you have to be willing to evaluate yourself. You have to be strong enough to point the finger back at yourself and say, you know, Covey, the seven habits highly effective people, one of the things he said is in the book, he said, if your first thought that the problem is out there, then that thought is the problem. You always start as a leader, manager, am I creating the problem? Is this problem created by my mismanagement of my resources and my people? And and, and if you're doing that correctly, then you can find the root cause. But sometimes you're the root cause, and you have to be strong enough to ask that question. You know, would I like working for me? Mm. And so, mm. I mean, that's what Joe's talking about. You get these people in a room, you say, do your people enjoy working for you? How can you live the values that are on the wall of your corporation? How do you take your faith and build those into those values so people see it in whatever you do? Wow. Well, folks, uh, we are going to have to take a quick break, but we will have a little bit more with Marcus. Uh, who's my co-host yeah. <laughs> after this break? So I'll be I'm... here for the next hour. Too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm Heather Carroll. I'm Marcus Ashlock. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today out of Sioux Falls. We're going to take a quick break. More when we come back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 